I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Give it to me. Hey, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we're out there with our spreadsheets and our... Like uh, clipboards, and we're just taking notes everywhere, and it's really awkward, and no one can figure out what it is we're doing. And the thing that we're doing <laughs> is finding things for you, so that we can yeah join you for our weekly our weekly hang. People hold up their hands and like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I can't sign your petition. I, I don't want to donate. And we're like, we're not asking anything of you. We're looking for things. We're for looking. You. Yeah, exactly. We don't. We're just record keepers. That's it. Don't be we're threatened just- by our clipboards. And notebooks. <laughs> do, not, do not be threatened. I like the idea of us just standing on like Hollywood and Vine in Los Angeles shouting, <laughs> do not be threatened by our clipboards. Do not be threatened. We're just thing spotting. We are just here to find things for you. We're crea- I just started reading Foundation. Isaac Asimov. Oh, Isaac Asimov. Asimov. Isaac, yeah, Asimov. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isaac Isimov, I believe I just tried to call <laughs> yep. him. That's yep. him. Uh, Talks the guy. Yes. So then I was going to say, I'm just an encyclopedist. <laughs> I am just an encyclopedist. I'm also just reading Azik Isimov's foundation. Isimov's foundation. <laughs> uh, I've had my two uh, cups of coffee too. I can't explain this. Anyway, thank I can you roll for joining out all my us. Harry Seldon jokes now. This is great. Yes. Oh, you totally can. All right, everyone. It's a thing reading club. <laughs> I mean, because honestly, reading that book is about to be a thing. This is an accidental prediction because of the the show oh, coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into things, though, uh, we should uh, let ourselves pat ourselves on the back. I guess mm-hmm. uh, Variety has an article out uh, July fourteenth. The fanny pack is the new it bag. Here's how your favorite celebrities are wearing them, and we would like to say to Variety and the celebrities they cover, welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. I'm trying to figure out when we did this, but I can't remember how to search our spreadsheet. But we definitely had fanny packs on the show. And I uh, remember it vividly because of all of the British people that we know on Twitter and even in the Discord saying, please don't call it that. (laughs) (laughs) They are slowly being... For goodness sake. For goodness sake, I beg you to stop saying that. Over and over. And I will say, they have since then started to be subtly rebranded as belt bags. It but was they uh, season five. Everywhere. September oh, 29th, really? season five, two seasons ago. Dang. 2019. 2019. 2019. Nailed it. Yes. In fact, if I could find that sound effect, I'd play it right now. But for some I reason, have, I can't find it. I don't nah, know. Why. You know, you don't need it. You know, I have to say, <laughs> I, I like. <laughs> so not so long ago, I've been doing all these like little report work reporting trips. And then not so long ago, I was on one of those with like a millennial who was rocking the crossbody belt bag, which is where you take the fanny pack. Sorry. And you wear it across your body. 
so that, you know, the bag itself is sort of like across your chest and it's very accessible. Almost like a me- like you'd wear a messenger bag? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just right. like that. But then, so then I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. That seems fine. And then I'm like, no, this ruins the entire point. First, it hurts your shoulder or your mm-hmm. neck if you're mm-hmm. old after a while. And even if you're not old, I suspect it probably does. And then second, the whole point of it is that you put it around your waist and then it's like super hands-free and not in the way of anything. And easy to access. It's and right easy there. To access. <laughs> I'm like, this crossbody thing makes no sense to me. I mean, I guess it's easy to access because it's a little higher up, but no, it's way better around the belt. Let's That's keep it right, a belt right where your hands can easily get to it on the belt, uh, belt size. But a crossbody might be easy to access, might not. I don't know. Kind of at a weird angle, I feel like. I think it's at a weird angle. And if you open it up yeah. just like wrong, you th- your stuff falls out. Avi James says those are called sling bags. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> sling bag. <laughs> Some people calls it a belt bag. I calls it a sling bag. I call it a sling bag. That's true. I mean, there's, there's this one from Everlane. film reference for this episode. Thanks. That's See, this is like this one from Everlane is the size of this woman's whole torso. No. Yeah, that's a torso bag. That's, that's a, a torso body sling. bag, <laughs> literally. <a> practically. <laughs> anyway, we're excited that we nailed it. We've been, we're, we're tracking, don't worry, everyone. We're on it. We're tracking it. the evolution closely. Uh, my first thing for this episode uh, is a, uh, a reaction to Loki. Uh, side note, with Loki out. Uh, everyone's children are making uh-huh. jokes like low key. I really enjoyed low key, uh, kind of stuff. Uh-huh. but you know, you know, like low key, you know, on the down low kind of usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now hearing people say high key. In other words, not on the down low in your face. <laughs> I am saying this very, very firmly. Uh, I heard it on uh, snob OS uh, this week and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like it could be a thing. And then Molly, you said like, oh yeah, no, I'm, you're hearing and that I too, was right? Watching a TikTok, which is how you know that it definitely oh, yeah. is a thing because, and this is funny because the, th- the TikTok was about uh, like a weird little sub thing that seems to everybody seems to be realizing the female tree versus male tree thing. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. That, I, I'm, I am familiar with the female male tree thing. I did not re- realize that it had been reemerging as a thing. It's been reemerging as a thing because there has recently been more press about the fact that many municipalities plant more male trees oh, than female trees. <laughs> I'm just going to sort of paraphrase what this TikTok was, talker was saying, but I had seen an article about this a while back um, because the female trees are considered, quote, messier. And so they plant more male trees, but the male trees create more pollen. Yeah. So we have more allergies. Because there's more pollen Because there are more pollen generating trees. And then what this TikToker said was, so, you know, yay botanical sexism. But then she said, and I quote, and I high key believe. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Which literally this morning before we even sat down to do the show, I was like, I'm going to start saying high key more. That's great. That's great. (laughs) That's and and that's how we do it, folks. Right there. That's that's how we know. Uh, you know, we are, we are high key calling it a thing. We are high key calling it a thing. And what's interesting, I'm going to finish the story because it's crazy. She was like, I high key believe that a big part of the reason that we're not planting more female trees is, uh, when we say they're messy, what we mean is they produce more fruit. And so, yes, that can be messy. But if you live in areas, uh, that have food deserts that like big fruit 
doesn't need you being able to get it for free from trees. Which uh, I would like to totally point out that all time. trees are both. They may be a little bit one way or another on the spectrum, but classing them as male or female is in fact uh, putting them in a box they don't deserve to be in and not recognizing the spectrum of gender within the plant kingdom. Really? Did you just look it's this true. up? No, I wow. just, that's just true. You just know this? Yeah. Fascinating. Because <laughs> when I found out about male and female trees, I was like, well, how do you tell? And then I looked, I'm like, oh, you tell because they call it a male tree if it produces more pollen. More pollen, right. And, and a they female call it a if female tree more if it produces more fruit, fruit. But they all produce pollen and fruit. They're all both. Mm. So don't, don't box them in. Let tree be whatever it wants. Exactly. But maybe don't plant so many of the pollen ones. Maybe. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part, for sure. That yeah. part's a simple one. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But anyway, yes. Also, yes. High key. Totally a thing. Can't wait to start sounding saying it. High it's key. Just, it's got good drama. I like it. I high yeah. key believe. Also, I feel like we're going from a low key year into a high key year. <laughs> we really might be. We really might be. That is a that is an excellent meta observation. Mm. Really true. Uh, well, I can tell you that I'm not going to do anything this year unless it is guided by what the tarot cards have to tell me. Oh, really? Tarot mm-hmm. cards on the way back. All right. Tarot cards. Totally. Did you made consult them to find out if they if they're back? I, did, I, did. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Is this a thing or no? Uh, I mean, I suppose that this is not that surprising, considering that astrology has been on the upswing and been such a thing, mm. which I believe we have discussed. And so it makes sense that the other kind of mystical arts would come back. I think crystals are making a little bit of a comeback, but the tarot is really on the upswing big time. It's all over TikTok. There's like, in fact, a Yahoo article from Friday, the, you know, two days ago, as we are recording this, like your August tarot card reading, according to your Zodiac sign. <laughs> Man, so it really is the 70s. It's the, it's the, the 70s. We've got the inflation, the gas lines, the tarot cards, the astrology, mm-hmm. like all the, all the pieces coming really in place. Tarot, tarot yeah. cards never went out of style. They just, they fluctuate, right? They cycle and they yes. get really popular at times of, of a, I would say, uncertainty. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is that we do have we also have this kind of cultural confusion and a diminished Mm -hmm. trust in institutions. And we're like, okay, sure. Why not? Crystals, tarot, you know, I don't know who to trust anymore. Everybody's trying to extract money from me. So I guess I'll turn to the stars. UFOs are getting more attention. Yeah, they did in the 70s. Yep. I bet mediums, you know, like (gasps) spiritual contacting. Yeah. All of that. All of that goes together. Totally. But I will say, having uh, done a bit of the tarot reading back in the 90s, I'm kind of excited about this. I kind of want to get some. Candyman. Not da- looking in a not mirror. Not cool. Though. Don't yeah. say that. Also not looking in a mirror. So Never You're- say turn a mirror. <laughs> that move, but they made that movie again. That's another example, isn't it? They did? Yeah. Oh, that's unacceptable. That's like the scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> It'll turn your hair white. <laughs> no. I still can barely even use like a public restroom where they have the pit toilet <laughs> because thing. Because of that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very yeah. impressionable when it comes to right, scary movies. Right, right, right. No, I got it. I got it. It's unacceptable. Uh, Some things should not, not come back. No spoilers if you haven't ever seen it. But <laughs> So mad uh, now. So mad. Uh, well, if your hair does turn white from fear, don't worry. It's fashionable. Silver hair. It's in. <laughs> Kids are totally. doing it. Kids are doing it. Kids are doing it. 
Gray hair has become fashionable for younger people who sometimes dye their hair to achieve the look of women like Sarah Harris, the deputy editor of British Vogue, who has long gray hair and found her first strand of gray at age 16 and just went with it. Uh, There's also feeding into this people not wanting to dye their own hair, not being able to get to the salon during lockdowns and just going gray and saying, you know what? I'll just keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole article in The Guardian about uh, women on the red carpet at Cannes Film Festival just rocking the gray hair, Love which, it. you know, in the past would have been a little bit unusual. Um, and uh, the Chicago Tribune even has an article on on best silver hair dyes and, and how to do it. I love the silver. Like when when young people who maybe aren't even naturally gray dye the hair like i love how that looks the super yeah. like silver hair i'm just like oh my god that exists as a hair dye it's beautiful yeah and also yes i mean people like when when your hair goes gray in the right way it's gorgeous it looks and, so and cool this, this article in the tribune is talking about like you know not everybody can pull off just going gray most people need to tweak it a little to make it look good yes <laughs> it's like wow so this is not this is not even like oh you want to go gray okay it's like we know the best way to do this oh you know? yeah it's like let's go gray and make it look awesome i yeah, but i'm yeah. looking through the silver sisters hashtag and it is pretty delightful yeah silver sisters is a hashtag that started early in the lockdown apparently and is still mm-hmm. going strong uh with people just saying you know what i didn't dye my hair because of the lockdown and i'm fine with it and it looks so cool yeah, I like this. I'm excited about this trend. Uh, this this came up for me because we were talking to a friend of ours who's let her hair in the front go gray, like a shock, a shock yeah. of white. I mean, uh, and it looks that awesome. Off. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know. I feel, and I feel that I'm going to get mail about this, but I feel that as a blonde, I'm kind of doomed because it's never mm. going to look good. Like it's not going to ever oh. be dramatic. Oh, I see. I see. It's just going to look But you also sad. can't really tell until it all goes. Yeah. Because that's that's where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm actually, like, quite gray, but no one knows. Right. Except in my beard. In my huh? beard, it, it, you can see it. But in my actual hair hair, you, it's just kind of just blends in. It's kind in. of invisible. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I look blonder than I used to because I've got all this lighter colored hair in there. Right. Totally. Oh, I want this really pretty long silver hair. It looks so good. Yeah, just, just, just do it. Go for the silver. I love it. I know. Seriously. Okay, good one. Good thing. Love it. Uh, less of a good thing. I'm sorry to report. I have been on a bunch of reporting trips lately, all with uh, millennials. And um, millennials can't sleep. Well, it's no surprise. <laughs> Take responsibility for everything that happens. I mean, I guess keep so. me it's up true. at night too it's true they've embraced their anxiety they're on their phones all the time <laughs> they're like you know in total student debt all of these things and yes the I, I, like i know it seems if like there's a anything grand... wrong in the world it's my fault is seems to be many millennials uh mode of operations i guess so yeah and also we're screwed and also, we're on our phones all the time and blue, something, oh, right. something yeah. blue light. Also, everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. Yeah. yeah. We're never going to be able to buy which, houses. by the way, speaking for Generation X, and, and I know, we're, you know, individuals all, are all different. And if you're a millennial, you're like, I'm not like that. We totally get it. But, and, and not all Gen Xers are the same. Generation X also thinks everything is wrong. We're just like resigned to it. And we have well, been since it's always we been wrong. Yeah. yeah. We're like, yeah, it's wrong. It was the boomers messed it up. But whatever. All right. We'll do our best. 
If we were, if Gen X was as therapized as millennials are, we would almost certainly be having a long conversation about the epigenetic trauma that comes from thinking you are going to get nuked. Yeah. For most of your childhood. It does reset your expectations quite a bit. (laughs) It really does. Like, I know we didn't, you know, my dad talks about this a lot. Boomers tend to talk about. Yeah. How, like, we didn't have a war, right? We didn't have our opportunities taken away. No, we just had constant constant threat of annihilation. Constant threat of literal annihilation. (laughs) And I don't know that if you're younger, you can quite understand it. You can understand it conceptually, but you can't understand the, like, daily dread because it's not the same as climate change. Climate change is the looming annihilation that can happen and is happening slowly. Nuclear Mm -hmm. annihilation was like, it could happen this second. Yeah. You right? could just and be this, at school one day and all you would be able to do is hide under your desk. Right. <laughs> Those and so, drills, are you kidding me? When there's like uh bo- you know, when there's a bombing in, when I, I think that's why older people freaked out more about the uh the missile strike in Iran than younger people because yeah. older people were like if we had done that in the 80s, yeah, nuclear war. <laughs> would you like, like to play global thermonuclear right? war? Yeah. Exactly. I remember the uh, there was a Reagan did a missile strike in in Libya, and everybody's like, "We may not be here tomorrow." <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway. I did not mean to make this about us, yeah, yeah, which sorry, is a sorry. very unusual thing for Gen Xers to do. <laughs> um, but it is this. I, I don't know where why the resilience is different. I mean, it seems like there are also a lot of other environmental factors. But I'm just absolutely astonished at the extent of insomnia in this generation and it is terrible for people like you got to sleep. Yeah. I'm so my questions are immediately like, well, is it that they can't sleep more than other people could at that age? Or is it just that they're noticing it now as they reach that age? Um, yeah. And I don't have an answer for that. Uh, it may be just like when you get into your 40s, you know, late 30s and into 40s, you, you sleep less. That's just true. So maybe. maybe the millennials are just noticing this because that's, you know, the time in your life when you start to have all your worries and you're not young and you're getting older and all that, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm talking about people in their late 20s and their early 30s. And it, I do think there's probably something to the phone thing. Although, I don't know, I play my dumb little like design, home design game every night before I go to bed. Sure. Yeah. Go to sleeping. I don't know. I just, I think, and I've always thought that there are some people who are good at sleeping and some people who aren't, who aren't good at sleeping. And I feel terrible for the ones who are not good at sleeping. Oh, but yeah. I do no, feel my wife is not, is one of the people who's not, not good at getting to sleep. Once she's awful. asleep, sleep, I sleep in, right? Not a problem. But yeah. Uh, she she stays up late, whereas I'm like, once I'm ready to sleep, I'm off. I'm like, goodbye. Yep, exactly. Like immediately <laughs> powering down for like a minimum of eight hours. Like I am asleep, and it's prob it's probable that I'm very interested in this topic because I myself am a sleep achiever. Mm-hmm. It's my superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it just seems like it just seems like long term that's not good for them. And also, I'm just startled. At the extent of it and the kind of casualness with which everyone discusses it. Yeah, I've I've noticed discussions about this recently, like, oh, this will help you sleep. People talking about things to help you sleep. 
Well, and uh, it, yes, and it exactly. It hadn't really occurred to me that this was like a, a widespread trend like this. It's like a freaking epidemic. Yeah. And I think it's led to, I think we even talked on the show once about how melatonin is a thing. Everyone's yeah. taking melatonin. And now there are like versions of, I mean, there have always been sleep aids, of course, in varying degrees of intensity. <laughs> and now they've gotten, a, I think, a little less. Um, what's that one that like people take and then they, they text people and they don't know that they texted them or they eat all the bread in the house? Oh, uh, Ambien. Ambien. Exactly. Yeah. I think we've like they, moved they wake from up, Ambien. Uh, and they've been using knives and scare the crap out of themselves. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a whole Instagram for ambient texts. Uh-huh. Um, but I think now it's moved into it's more like CBD oil yeah. and melatonin and people trying to, to come up with these more gentle sleep aids. But I think it's just back to the epidemic of like millennials can't freaking sleep, dude. It's a okay, thing. Here, I, I'm putting together a theory here. Let's take let's take the millennial out of it for a second. It is no shocker after the year we've had the year and a half that we've had that people can't sleep. Well, yes, right? that is very true. There's there's like it would be shocking if they're like, hey, guess what? As the pandemic seems to be slowing, everybody's uh, sleeping through the night like babies. <laughs> no, like we're 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 in that point where we're like having the post traumatic stress before the event is over situation. Right. right. So, of course, people can't sleep. So then it becomes like, well, why does it seem that maybe it's affecting people in this age group more than others? Uh, in which case it's like, I go back to the like, cause they're in the age group where you start to sleep less. Mm. The older people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm used to, I don't sleep as much or as long as I, as I, as I did when I was younger. Uh, and I've learned to deal with it maybe. And so it doesn't bother me as much. Uh, and, and this is the age group where like, no, I used to sleep great. What the crap? And it's accentuated because it's worse because we're living through one of the most stressful periods of humanity has ever had. Right. And we're millennials. So if something goes wrong, we believe we have to fix it immediately because uh, yeah. there is no learning the over, to live with it. coverage aspect of it because mm-hmm. it, millennials and boomers tend to get overcovered versus other age groups. Yeah. Yeah. That all uh-huh. contributes. That all, you know, adds yep. a little little brick to the pile. Yep. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Producer Rich says, I just take a dose of laudanum and I go right out. <laughs> ah, laudanum. Yes. Good old fashioned laudanum. Do you go down to your apothecary to get your dose of laudanum? <laughs> He's not. He, Rich, Rich, Rich defies classification. Right. He, just... he does. He does live in Dickensian times. That's the, the neighborhood he's in. <laughs> of laudanum, the Victorian's favorite drug. Uh, let's get your favorite things. Emails to feedback at it's a thing.me. Manny has a thing he just needs to confirm. Loki, that's it. No elaboration needed. Just a huge thing. Like 100%, Manny, you're not wrong. Also, I love that it is becoming a reference for uh, a collection of things. There was like a... Mm. There was some photo circulating, and I don't know why, and it was sort of a bunch of celebrities, and Tilda Swinton was one of them. And then it became sort of a meme because people were like, what the hell with this photo? I think they all look so hipster Oh, it was and weird. from the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah I was like, it was I Bill don't even Murray, know. Tilda Swinton, uh, um, the director of all the movies that are Bill Murray. Why can't I think of it? Wes Anderson. Oh, Wes Anderson, and, of course. Uh, and uh, who was the young kid in it? It was, um, according to Rich, a cast photo from the French Dispatch. Yeah. It All was right, well, Wes so, Anderson, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, and the young kid whose name I, I'm too old to remember now. I did not encounter it until it was already well and truly memed, which I hate, right? Because you're mm. like, I don't know the origin of this, but here it is right. meme. But the first one that I saw, and it made me laugh, 
out loud was they're all Lokis. <laughs> it was like, spoiler alert, they're all Lokis. And I was like, oh, bravo, sir. Bravo, bravo. bravo. You win the internet. You win the internet. Timothy Chalamet. That's I was wondering thing. if it was him. It's got to be Yep. young and vaguely yep. French. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes, you're right, Manny. New patron James, welcome! Wrote in with a thing confirmation saying, I can't believe I hadn't already joined the Patreon for It's a Thing. Shame on me. Just wanted <laughs> no, to no, drop no, a no note shame. on. No shame. You got here. That's yeah, all that you're matters. you're here, buddy. You're here. That's all that matters. The dating app for platonic friends is a revelation for me, writes James. Mm. 2020 was especially rough on me, and I, as I, and I started driving a truck this year. From time to time, I find myself stuck in random places across the U.S., and I wish I had someone to text and say, hey, let's catch a movie or have dinner. I'm looking mm. forward to putting this into action with the explicit approval of my wife, of course. Yeah. No, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. James, let us know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. If I report back, James, that that's yep. fantastic. I hadn't even thought about that, right? I know. It's like like, yeah, I just, you know, I want to go see Loki. <laughs> Not in <laughs> theaters, but yeah. No, it's good. Yep. Uh, love it. Matt in Minnesota needs a thing check. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. I need a thing check on charcuterie boards. Until about a year ago, I had never heard of a charcuterie board, but now I see them everywhere. Even a regional Midwest grocery chain is advertising them on my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> wow i this is an example of a uh, california bubble in action because mm. i didn't realize that they had expanded like they've been a thing here because we're well i do i, I can sort of I vaguely recall fancier like, and fancier ones yeah charcuterie boards first showing up on a restaurant that wasn't like michelin star right like oh they have a charcuterie board how fancy and then they started showing up at gastropubs you know and it's like oh okay charcuterie boards then then i would see the terminology in a grocery store like oh this grocery store thinks they have a charcuterie board mm, okay uh so all that's telling me is like yeah it's now expanded yeah, beyond thing. the coast yeah i had started following lady and larder which does like really fancy ones and and i will say i just uh did a little duck duck as mm -hmm. we were discuss we're talking here and sure enough Wash yep. washingtonian.com with an article from once again Friday elaborate charcuterie board businesses boomed in the pandemic I wonder why cuz easy to deliver as like people, good fancy food but it doesn't need to be heated cuz if anybody if anybody's like what what is a charcuterie board it's it's like uh delicious meats and cheeses mostly yeah meats, it's like it's like a cheese plate but like They've gotten way fancier. So it'll be like a beautiful design of cheese. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, cheese and salami and crackers and then like some fruits and some olives and some nuts and some dates and this and that. And, the, and, and then it, it travels like, some well. Mustard. I, that, that makes sense to me. It says, uh, according to this article, at least, uh, boomed as people sought out creative takeout options and ways to entertain small groups or just themselves mm -hmm. at homes at home. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Charcuterie is uh, shooting up the charts. Anyway, Matt nailed it. And I see what you did there with the chart thing. Thank you. A little bit of a stretch, but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. We, we could have let that just lay on the board. But no, but no. You worked hard, man. You worked hard. <laughs> Kyle <you>. wrote in <laughs> with a bar thing. Longtime fan of both of you and all the shows you're part of with a special shout out to Molly. Aw, because Kyle's a for fellow former Montanan, now also living in California. I'm in Sacramento and visit the Bay Area often. 
And says, speaking of the Bay Area, I was in San Francisco last week and stayed at the night in the financial district. We went out exploring all day and randomly popped into a bar called Horse Feather. And the first thing that caught my eye was all the dehydrated fruit on the bar. Mm-hmm. I might not have noticed it had I not just listened to your episode about it on the drive over to the city. Another thing I found interesting was they had Pisco Punch on the menu. We tried it. Wasn't my type of drink, but my husband liked it. Thanks for keeping me in the loop. Aw. And... Kyle says, I finally decided I needed to write in as well as join your Patreon and Discord today as well. Kyle, welcome. Welcome, Kyle. Everybody say hi to Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hi, James. The new guys. Yay. I love it. Well, also, I am uh, not into the Pisco drinks. No, don't put egg in my drink. It's gross. Uh, I'll put an egg in anything. He says, wondering. (laughs) I thought that until until I had egg white drinks and I was like, nope. I really would eat an egg in pretty much anything. Uh huh. We'll see. Except drinks. <laughs> Here's the thing: people are going to be like, "Would you put an egg? Would you eat an egg in motor oil?" No, I wouldn't eat motor oil. Uh, I'd, eat, <laughs> I'd eat an egg in anything edible. <laughs> put it that. That's- oh yeah, I'm all about salagate culture. Put an egg on mm. it every every single food, but not. Drink. I just uh, I just had eggs for brunch. I guess. It was breakfast. It was the first meal. But it I was made late. a big pot of rice last night. So I had uh, oh, rice, yeah. avocado, and fried eggs on top. One of my all-time favorite breakfasts. Oh, so, good. so good. So good. All right. Let's get to our shout-outs, which uh, coincidentally are based on hmm. charcuterie-cured meats. What do you know? Inspiration <laughs> strikes in many Many ways. Uh, in case you are new here, welcome. The shout outs are reserved for the folks who support us at patreon.com slash it's a thing at the shout out level. Although all of you make the show possible. Here we go. The more time Lee Price has spent fermenting, the drier he will be, meaning certain types of Lee Price will be juicier and fattier than others. Which one supports us? We'll let you decide. Uh, Kevin Sill is a must-try if you're a fan of cured patrons. Spanish Kevin Sill is made with pork and is commonly classified into two types, sweet or spicy. As the name implies, Eric Duncan is made with cured and seasoned pork fat, specifically from the pig's back. Because the texture and flavor of Eric is so rich, you'll usually find him sliced thinly and served with bread. I'm starting to feel like Hannibal. That got Um, messed up. That got messed up. uh, Jake Woods is seasoned with wine, usually red, garlic, and other seasonings before he's salt-cured and air-dried, often more expensive than other Italian-cured patrons. You'll find Jake has a delicate texture with a fatty and spicy flavor. (laughs) Get a little Snowpiercer vibe here. <laughs> Originating in China, Gabrielle Cohen is a dried patron with a slightly sweet flavor and a hint of five spice. With a harder texture than other patrons on this list, you'll mm. commonly find her served in other dishes. One of the most popular additions to any charcuterie board, Joe Hood, is a style of dry cured Spanish ham, has been dated back to the Roman Empire. He's mm. best served with bread. This thick, hard, dry cured patron seasoned with fresh garlic and black peppercorns is a classic French uh, meat. Louis Saint Amour is most often made from pork. The outside will develop white mold as he hangs, ferments, and dries out. But don't be afraid. This is normal. (laughs) (laughs) Similar to a pate, but more approachable to many people, Mike Akins is made from slow-cooked meat like pork or duck, shredded, and mixed with fat rendered during the cooking process, and served chilled. 
A coarsely ground, very fatty, dry-cured patron made with black pepper and garlic from Calabria, Vicenza, and Tuscany, James C. Smith pairs well with fresh fruit like blackberries. I want to hasten to add, we never would eat any of our patrons. (laughs) I was just going to say, it's a thing, the podcast where we eat the patrons. (laughs) Yes, Uh, we appreciate you. So if you don't want to be eaten... Yeah, but want to sound delicious, become a patron at the shout out level. <laughs> or at any level, if you prefer to avoid indeed, all of this indeed. awkwardness. One more time, that's patreon.com slash it's a thing. Thank you for all your support. <laughs> you can also email us your things. Don't forget, feedback at it's a thing dot me. Uh, totally safe. <laughs> Juicy, fatty, thinly sliced patrons. See you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.